So we're stoked about the grass season. And Wimbledon, of course. And there's only one way to celebrate. A Wimbledon party. In a grassy park. All white attire. Now for the invite list. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hold On To Your Racket, the podcast for Gen Z tennis fans. We're your hosts, Shravya. And Josefina. Josefina and I are so excited to be creating this podcast and sharing our love for tennis with you all. Shravya and I are two high school gals and tennis fanatics united together by our on-the-court and off-the-court companionship. And we're the female Gen Z voices in modern-day tennis you've been looking for, so we hope you enjoyed this episode and stay tuned for more. So... It has definitely been quite a while. I mean, now that Shravi and I are both on vacation, we kind of took the liberty of, you know, having a little hold on to your rack of vacation. Yeah. But it's okay. We're back now. And technically... But it's also like we were texting and talking. Well, yeah, about tennis, of course. You know, the job yeah. is never really done. It's just yeah. the posting was a little, you know, Yeah, eh. But we, need, we needed that recovery time. We did. I mean, after that... The thing that they play on the dirt, I forgot what it's called. Yeah, they had, like, a big trophy. It's named after some pilot. Something like that. I don't even remember anymore. But now... But now... now we're, yeah. Now we're on the green grass, so oh, that's very so nice, nice to celebrate. Yeah. Um, well, thank you for tuning in. Today is June 21st, and this is episode 64 Wow, we just keep going up those episode numbers, don't we? Just <laughs> yeah. don't seem to stop. Um, but we're excited because, yes, it is time for the grass season, and um, it's always nice to be coming back together, seeing each other on Zoom to record an episode, um, because obviously that's what we love to do. But before we get into some of the news and all that, we and, you know, the tennis from the past couple of days. We do have some fun things to share with you. First of all, Josefina, would you like to share a quite notable anecdote that you have from today? Oh boy. Okay, so basically, so my sister and I are both doing tennis camp, and my sister had to be picked up early for whatever reason. So my dad went to pick her up, and you may know this, but we play. At, including Shravya, we play at the site of the U.S. Open, the USTA National Tennis Center in New York. Um, I didn't have to be that specific. <laughs> you could look that up on your own. But That's why we have such an obsession with the U.S. Open. I think we need security. <laughs> <laughs> now that I've said that. <laughs> okay. All our fans will just be, like, crowding around the USTA now. Of course. Anyways, so basically my... Dad saw Billie Jean King get into a car. <laughs> the, te- the tennis center that's na- like named, named after, after her. her. Get into a car in the parking lot just as he's waiting for my sister. And then my sister apparently walked right past her without even noticing. So then, um, yeah, so then my dad goes up to the driver and says, can we get an autograph? And then the driver goes, I'm just the driver. I don't know. <laughs> So then he gets back in the car. My dad gets back in the car with my sister, and they start driving. And then the Billie Jean King's car starts following them. And my dad's like, "Haha, they're following us." And then a few minutes later, the car behind the one that Billie Jean King is in starts blinking their headlights, 
and then my dad's like oh they want to go around us they're rushing somewhere i'm going so slow so he pulls over and then billy jean king's car pulls over with them and she rolls down her window next to him and goes well you want that outer guy <laughs> And your sister got a picture with her too, yes, right? She did. And wow, I'm If I only should. you had been picked up early too. Honestly, and I could have talked up the podcast, you know, wait, everything wait, wait. is business wait, wait. meeting these days. Wait, sh- sh- share the thing that <laughs> your dad reacted to after you asked him if he mentioned the podcast to Billy Dean King. <laughs> he said, <laughs> "What podcast?" <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, he completely forgot about us, you know. It's okay. It's okay. It it's was a big right, day. That, that, that's crazy. I remember I, I was coming after Josephina. Like, like, Josephina was about to leave, and I had just come to the tennis center because I had my class later in the day. And she we were, she, we were like, talking, and then she left. And then five minutes later, she texted me in all caps, Shravia, guess what just happened? And then she sends me the picture, and I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> what happened in the span of five minutes? <laughs> and, oh, it was, what, a, what a day for you. Honestly. All right. Well, actually, what a day for your sister and your dad. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, well, that was a lot, but we all, we have more fun news. The fun news just doesn't stop. Um, we have recently collaborated with TikTok Tennis, one of our favorite, um, you know, fellow cool tennis content people, uh, to make a top five Wimbledon contenders video. So you can find it on their social media and our social media. We'll be posting more about it in the next 24 hours or so. Uh, 24 hours since recording this, so probably much sooner by the time we're all listening. And I'll probably already be up by then, or very soon will be up by then. But <laughs> and you can you can, you can can find it on TikTok Tennis's social media. It's TikTok spelled T-I-C-K-T-O-C-K. And as they say, they provide tennis news, interviews, and opinion in about a minute. So we had a lot of fun making this. We encourage you to check out the video on both of our Twitter pages at TikTok Tennis and at H-O-T-Y-R underscore Tennis Pod. It is also on their YouTube channel. So definitely go ahead and subscribe to their channel. Like the video. I feel like a YouTube YouTuber. You know? <laughs> like Make and sure comment you- and subscribe. Make sure <laughs> yeah. to subscribe. No, click the like button. Like, but- <laughs> No, it's like it's like click click the bell button. No, click no. the bell to make sure you get notifications. Yeah, no, we're not we're, <laughs> we're not, not doing this. Yeah, <laughs> we don't. We clearly don't know how to YouTube, but um, ex- yes, give them a follow on Twitter, Instagram, subscribe to their channel on YouTube. Check out the video. We had a ton of fun making it. We were half delirious because we were so <laughs> tired, tired when making it. Um, maybe that explains some of our picks. Actually, no, our picks were pretty decent, I would say. And we also were just coming back from tennis, so we were further tired. <laughs> but it was so much fun to make. And TikTok Tennis did such a good job with of the editing. And, like, oh my the editing. gosh, it's crazy. They made our like craziness translate pretty well. So <laughs> I'm very happy about that. So speaking of craziness. <laughs> there have been so many withdrawals. It's insane. Like, who's even playing tennis anymore? So, starting off with a big one, Nadal. He withdrew from Wimbledon and the Olympics. His quote said, It's never an easy decision 
it's never an easy decision to take, but after listening to my body and discuss it with my team, I understand that it is the right decision. And he also said, the goal is to prolong my career and continue to do what makes me happy. That is to compete at the highest level and keep it fighting for those professional and personal goals at the maximum level of competition. So... I mean, yeah, he says that he's listening to his body, you know, just to make sure he doesn't tire himself out with all the high competition. But at the same time, he's missing that maximum level of competition. I mean, it's the Olympics, man. Yeah, we're going to talk about the uh, number of people withdrawing from the Olympics in just a bit. But as far as Wimbledon goes, in my opinion, I think that's a smart move. I mean, you, we've seen Federer It's not his that. strongest tournament whatsoever. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he still obviously does amazingly at it for, you know, he is Rafael Nadal. But it's his weakest surface. Just like how Federer skips the bulk of the clay season, um, I think in both of their cases it's a smart decision. Because these guys are getting old and they're still able to bring their highest level of tennis. They just need to tone down their tournament schedule a bit more, which totally Quality makes sense. Quality over quantity. Exactly, that's what we always say. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, and I think it, it definitely makes sense because after the French Open, the U.S. Open is Nadal's best slam. So he clearly has his eyes set on exactly. that. So I'll be really excited to see a healthy Rafael Nadal playing the U.S. Open, especially because we didn't see him last year. Yes. Um. <clears throat> Our next star who is withdrawing is Naomi Osaka, who has withdrawn from Wimbledon. But she did confirm her Olympics participation because we've heard about for several years now that she's really excited to represent Japan at the Olympics. So um, from a statement from her team, they said Naomi won't be playing Wimbledon this year. She's taking some personal time with friends and family. She will be ready for the Olympics and is excited to plan for her home fans. So obviously we've been talking a lot about Naomi's struggles with mental health and she's been really brave about opening up about all that so um she's also been staying off social media for the most part so this is probably just a continuation of that to make sure that she feels okay and honestly what's best for her she knows um and we are still happy that we'll be seeing her at the olympics though so that'll be nice yeah and something that might have played a part in or at least just makes the experience better The Olympics actually said that they will not force Naomi to do press. The Japanese Olympics Committee said that they will not penalize athletes who choose not to attend their press conferences, saying the IOC, or International Olympics Committee, has never obliged athletes to hold a press conference. And really, that's what it is about the Olympics, that it's more about, like, the honor of being there than the press and the money, because they don't get money. They just get that honor for their country and for themselves as the individual athlete. So it's really an amazing experience, honestly. And tournament, it's not really a tournament, is it? Well, yeah, well, competition, uh, I, yeah. series of competitions. Yes. Um, and then we have Tim withdrawing from the Olympics as well. He said, for me, like all athletes taking part in the Olympics and representing my country is a huge honor, and that makes this this decision even tougher. However, 2021 did not start as expected, and I don't feel ready to play my best in Tokyo. And it, he is right about it. He has not been doing that well. Um, <laughs> he was my pick for the French Open. He lost in the first <laughs> round. We were both disappointed, Tim. I know how you feel. (laughs) He also said, These last two weeks I have been training hard and I'm starting to improve my conditioning and concentration little by little. That's nice to hear. Um, My goal is to work hard the coming weeks, give my best at Wimbledon, and keep training and hopefully defend my U.S. Open title. So, grass is not his best. Yeah, grass is not his best surface, but 
I would really love for him to defend his U.S. Open title or at least make a really good run there because he's expressed himself, and we've talked about this, that he's feeling a bit burnt out by that big slam run, by that amazing 2020 season. Um, So hopefully he can sort of find himself back on the court a bit at the tournament that he, well, hopefully at Wimbledon, but also at that tournament that he got his first slam. Yes, and then... There are also other players out of the Olympics, including Denis Shapovalov, Kasper Ruud, and Mofi has also not 100% decided, but at the time, he's not coming to the Olympics. And then also, Roger Federer and Serena Williams have been expressing their doubts about playing in Tokyo. So, I mean, obviously the quarantine process is difficult, but it's the Olympics. Yeah, so let's actually get into some of the concerns that the players have because it's not all just like, oh, they're just withdrawing for no reason. There are some legitimate concerns. First of all, the turnaround from Wimbledon to the Olympics is kind of fast. Uh, It's just 11 days after the men's final. Um, And tennis is only one week long at the Olympics. So the strict quarantine measures in Japan, um, which if you've not heard, they have a long quarantine required for any visitors. Um, So that's also making players hesitant. They've been playing in tournament bubbles and dealing with consistent quarantines for the past year, too, so that has been really difficult on players. We've heard people like Stefano Tsitsipas, even, um, you know, other players throughout the sport expressing that struggle. Um, And at the same time, however, I mean, I get these concerns and stuff, and I understand that, like, it's very hard for people, um, especially like Serena and, and Federer, who have family and who have already competed in the Olympics before and performed there um, to leave their family because of the quarantine protocol. But this is, not only is this a once in four years event, but this is like, this trend, this is something beyond just the sport of tennis, right? Like, yeah. I get that you have your four, I get you have your four Grand Slams. I get you have a bunch of big 1,000 tournaments and, like, your tour finals and all that. But, like, this is something that's, like, much bigger than just this all one sport. All the sports, all the world coming together. It's not yeah. just tennis. It's yeah. everything. So, so that's why I think Josephina and I are both of the opinion of, like, Is it not on, worth guys. it? It's so like, worth come it. on! Like, this is so worth it. I mean, I like, the, t- the scheduling, I guess, is annoying. But, like, if you're going to not play the Olympics and instead go play some 250 event, yeah. like, a few days later, like, what, like what's, like, this and is so... I mean, re- with all the people withdrawing, like, who's it even going to go to? Like, this yeah. is not just anything. This and is this is not, like, Davis gold, Cup or... The gold medal. Or, like, tennis. silver or bronze or just competing. Like, exactly. even if you don't, like, just the, just the matter of competing. In. Honestly, and also, like, Del Potro could probably sign up and win. That's it. <laughs> um, but also, like, this is also different from something like Davis Cup or Billie Jean King Cup. Like, this is, like, I get, like, some players aren't as enthusiastic about that. Okay, whatever. But this is so much bigger because this is bigger than just tennis. So yeah. we're sad that so many people are pulling out. But I will say... Naomi confirming her attendance did reassure me that it's not going to be totally horrible. That is true. That is true. And honestly, um, she doesn't have much competition yet. <laughs> I mean, more of the guys are pulling out. Yeah, that's From what true. I've heard. That's true. But, like, I know what you mean. Okay, so then there's this other thing that happened this week. It's pretty crazy, and we didn't even realize it when it happened. We kind of learned about it after. But um, Lorenzo Sonego released music. He released a song in Italian. And it's, what is it? Un solo secondo. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's um, 
phenomenal. <laughs> it's so good. Okay, when I saw it, I okay, here's how I saw it. I open up Instagram and I follow Lorenzo Musetti and Matteo Berrettini. And I look at their stories and it's like tennis stuff, tennis stuff, and then all of a sudden I see this like screenshot of their like Spotify. No, and, and then I'm, the cover art was good too. The, co- the, the cover, cover art was, was legit. so good. He did he did collab with some like actual artists, I think, but like either way, the cover art was good. And Lorenzo and Matteo were both like complimenting it. And I was like, did Lorenzo Sonego just release music? And then I went to go listen to it. And jo- wait, Josephine and I were together. Yeah, we listened, we listened to it together. We listened to it together. We listened to it together. And um I was like, oh, this is going to be like Shapo music. This is going to be like so much auto-tune. This is not going to be good. And once the tune or the beat dropped, we uh, we both looked at each other and we were like... Wait, wait, what? What? Like, it was so good. And no, he can actually sing too. That's the funniest part. Yeah, it's so good. I mean, we don't understand a word of what they're saying. (laughs) But the the music itself is, like, amazing. So we would highly recommend you go check that song out if you haven't already. We also posted a funny video of, like, compiling Lorenzo's, like, dancing TikToks, like, dance moves on court with the song in the background. Give that a like. It's a good video. Because the vibes Um, are immaculate. Alright, so last week's grass tournaments were honestly pretty good. Like, you might not have seen us as active in terms of on the podcast, but we were following them. And, like, our people ended up doing pretty well, I would say. Um, we want to celebrate our week, those that week's winners as well. Um, and, I mean, in terms of what's happening this week, though, we've got the Bod Homburg tournament. Bod Homburg. <laughs> Bod Homburg tournament. <laughs> <laughs> the WTA 250 event then we have the Mallorca Open ATP 250 and then Eastbourne which is an ATP 250 and WTA 500 so um, we'll update you on that action in terms of what the implications are of those results going into Wimbledon but for now we want to debrief everything that happened last week because there was a lot of a lot of interesting stuff that went down um, which will definitely give us some insight going into this third Grand Slam so, our first tournament was Halle, um, or as Josefina pronounced it in the TikTok tennis video, Hall. Hall. <laughs> um, uh, Halle is an ATP uh, 500 event, and in the final, Ugo Umbert defeat Andre Rublev 6-3-7-6 to take the title. So, that was amazing. I mean, we love Andre, but, like, so awesome for Ugo to get yeah, a 500 damn, title. damn, Ugo. And he's, like, one of those Gen Z players that we're always, like, cheering for looking out for yeah and i mean we always call him one of the underrated guys oh for sure yeah and then he defeated sam query alexander zverev sebastian corden Felix team, and then of course rublev in the final but that is some group of people there yeah for a 500 event not bad at all that's Um, a very good slate and then we were talking about this actually when he won that we're so happy for him, not only because he got the title, obviously, but a couple of months ago when he wasn't doing that well, those bots on Instagram, like, all those, like, haters in his comments forced yeah. him to delete all his posts, turn off mm-hmm. his comments on all his posts, it and was it was so just bad. horrible. It was yeah. it was very sad. 
And, yeah, like we were saying, we consider him one of those underrated young guys, you know, the Gen Z players that isn't really paid attention to enough. Um, But, yeah, now he has 100% win rate in finals. He has three titles, and this was his first grass court court title so maybe this is this is definitely good and he's back into the top 30 so this guy is doing well now what was the most memeable moment of this tournament probably was the uh trophy ceremony because poor andre looked so sad during it the king of 500s was dethroned and he didn't even try to hide the fact that he was sad if you look at the photos they're really funny um but I mean, he had nothing but praise for Ugo in his post-match press conference, though. It obviously makes sense to be that sad when you just lost the final. But he he had only good things to say in the post-match. But Andre Rublev is one of those guys who never fails to be memeable. (laughs) And then we have Roger Federer, who played in this tournament, actually, in Hall A. (laughs) (laughs) He lost to Felix in the second round, so Roger was the defending champion, and he has won 10 titles there, which is kind of crazy. But yeah, still a great win for Felix, who actually made it to the semifinals, and he had a good week before when he reached the Stuttgart final, so actually he's been having a good grass season. Yeah, which is good to hear going into Wimbledon, but we wanted to highlight this result um, from Federer because this was unusual, um, especially after, you know, he is having a bit of a rocky, as expected, I would say, um, come back to the tour from his surgery. But after his match, he was two hours late to his press conference, which is very unusual for him, which is what, for him, which is what all the tennis journalists were saying. Um, and he never does this. And what he said was, I felt like I needed time to digest the third set. I was unhappy how it ended. It was similar to, Ge- to Geneva. And in that in Geneva, that's where he lost to Pablo Andujar. He said, I'd rather keep it short and simple. I'd rather take my time to come in, not sweaty and in the heat of it. Not sure what I'm going to say in these moments. That's the reason why I was late. He also said, I was very negative, which is not my style, Matt. My attitude was bad. I'm not proud of it. That was disappointing. I don't want to make any stupid decisions now. We are now going back to Switzerland and have time to discuss what the next steps are. So, So yeah. It's sad to see. I mean, he definitely was not himself in that match. He was playing pretty sloppy. Um, But I think, if anything, first of all, before I go into more of this Federer stuff, Federer clearly like this, like people were giving Naomi so much hate for being like press conferences stress me out it's like bad for my mental health Federer literally took a mental health break to regroup and everyone's like the press oh, oh yes everyone, take your time take your time no no exactly no, of course we exactly understand. exactly but anyways um I I think it's good that he's being like hard like uh like practically harsh on himself about how he performed I think that's a good sign in terms of, like, he's still taking himself seriously. He still wants to do really well at Wimbledon, and this is a tournament that means a lot to him. Um, but also, but, it's kind of concerning with the mental yeah. state of his game right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if he's not feeling, like, he's obviously not as match tough. He doesn't have as much practice. Um, this is his best surface. Um, but, I mean, I remember, like, Australian Open 2017. I mean, that was a big shock, I would say. But this is this is a bit of a different situation. But I don't know. If you check check out our, I mean, not to self advertise, but just honestly, just saying, like in our TikTok tennis video when we were listing our top five contenders, 
we purposefully didn't put Roger there because, and I know a lot of people are saying that he's probably the second contender after Djokovic, but, like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's definitely... Especially with best of five. Interesting at this point. Yeah, that's true. He's not very Okay, well, we... We don't want to dwell too much in sad news. So let's go over to some happy news, which is from London, an ATP 500 event, where in the final, Matteo Berrettini defeat uh, Cameron Norrie, 6-4-6-7-6-3, to lift the biggest title of his career, also probably the biggest trophy. Both the Halle and London trophies were massive, actually. I'm very proud. I think Josefina was happy for me, too. She hearted my text when I texted her. that By association. Was, so I was very happy with that. Um, <laughs> uh, he defeat Travaglia, Andy Murray, Dan Evans, Alex Demar, and Cam Norrie en route to the title. That's like three British players. Wow, he really took out the home favorites in this tournament. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and then in his post-match interview, he was asked how he and his team we're planning on celebrating his win, and he responded <laughs> saying, "Probably some room, probably room service and sparkling water." Well, wow. <laughs> that's so fun. But also, of course, he'll probably be blasting in solo secondo. Oh yeah, Duh. as he should, as he should. Um, people are talking about him as being one of the favorites for Wimbledon, which stresses me out because I don't want to have. I mean, <laughs> Rogers already like I want him to win, but I don't think he's going to. And now people are saying all this. About but Mateo, I'm just like, well, what if, like, that's a lot of pressure, um, but he had, like, regardless, um, being uh, my Berrettini fandom aside, no one can deny that he's been playing very, very well, um, this grass season in, in, in that weapons, he had, in, in that, uh, tournament, he has the weapons he needs for this surface, and he, after the first match, he was not broken, his serve was not broken once throughout the rest of the tournament, and I don't think he ever faced a break point after that either. Or he like faced he definitely faced zero break points in the final match, but he was doing very well uh, with his game last week. And he also has two grass court titles now, so definitely feels comfortable on this surface. So we'll see. Yeah. Um, and then we have the Berlin WTA five hundred where Ludmila Samsonova defeated Belinda Bencic one six. 6-1, So what a comeback in the first set, from the first set, honestly. And, I mean, this is a title for the 22-year-old Russian. So Samsonova was a qualifier. She won seven matches in a row to take this title. And she beat an impressive draw of players en route to the title. She won two rounds of qualifying where she defeated Conjo. We've talked about her before in the second round of qualifying. And she defeated Vondrasova, Kudirmatova, Madison Keys, Victoria Zarenka, and Bencic in the final. So Samsonova actually only had three top 50 wins going into this tournament. So she gained like double that. <laughs> yeah, I mean... I mean, I, I was just looking at this list. You've got, in this list alone, two Grand Slam finalists and a Grand Slam champion, both Vondrosova, Keys, and Azarenka. Mm-hmm. So that is a... And Kudermatova has been playing amazingly this year. And Bencic is also a tough player. And Anna Kanya is not easy um, for a second round of qualifying either. So a very, very impressive run for her. She also made her top 100 debut 
after this win, and she found out after she won the title that she'd be receiving a Wimbledon main draw wildcard. So that's very exciting. And, I mean, we saw what happened at Roland Garros with people like (laughs) Tamara Zidonsek. So I would keep an eye on Miss Samsonova going into Wimbledon because it's a WTA, man. You never know what can happen with these girlies. (laughs) But, hey, that's what makes it exciting. Honestly. And then we have the Birmingham WTA 250, where Anjavour defeated Daria Kasatkina 7-5-6-4. So this Anz- might have been, like, the best result oh, this yeah. entire week. Are you sure? Because Mateo... No, no, I'm serious. Like, Anz <laughs> made so much history here, and this was so, so well-deserved. Yeah, like you're saying, she made history here. She is the first Arab woman to woman to win a WTA singles title. So we can only imagine what this means for Arab players and fans. Such an inspiration and uh, like a leader in the tennis world, obviously yeah. now. And I mean, this is her third final, second final this season. So she's staying at her career high ranking of number 24. She's doing phenomenally. Yeah, and she also already has made so much history for tennis, especially Arab tennis. Uh, the first Arab woman to win a junior slam, 2011 Roland Garros. Uh, first Arab woman to make the third round of a slam, 2017 Roland Garros. And first Arab woman to make the fourth round of a slam, Australian Open 2020. So she told WTA Insider, I hope I can make history by inspiring other people behind me. Tunisian or Arabic or from my nation will be great. That would be the best thing I can do. I hope I can inspire more and more generations. And I just got to say, we love Owns. We've talked about her a lot. And I was so sad when she lost in the Charleston final um, a few months ago. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because she so deserved that. Um, But... I mean, she didn't let go. She's a very tough... She's our OG dark horse. Not so much of a dark horse anymore. Um, But super happy for her. Yeah, and so are these people. She even got congratulations from Billie Jean King, our bestie. (laughs) No big deal. Uh, Victoria Zarenka and Andy Roddick, who is actually her all-time favorite tennis player, which I think is kind of funny. Yeah, I think it's so cool, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, and then she also got congratulated by several key figures in Tunisia, such as Tunisian female pop singer, the first female minister of tourism in Tunisia, and the British ambassador to Tunisia. So that's that's a good list of people um yeah so all this is leading up to wimbledon of course the big you know event of the grass season but you know there's actually another event of the grass season that shravi and i have been like talking about you know we want to host a wimbledon party no no we want to wait i want to okay let's explain it and i i genuinely want people to like let us know what they think of this idea (laughs) Because I honestly think it would be so fun. So we were thinking, this would be our first, like, hotter event. Like, I don't even know if you can call it that. But, like, we thought <laughs> it would be by fun. the podcast. We thought, yeah, because we have so much bank. Um, Sponsored. <laughs> um, no, but if you want if you want to have a sponsorship thing with us, just let us know. We're always Honestly, up for that. we are up for that. <laughs> um, we can do ads, no problem. Anyways, um... <laughs> We wanted to, at in a park, um, so that it's nice and grassy to celebrate the grass season, have a Wimbledon party with our friends, our, you know, tennis friends, people who 
we know Fallout 10 is. Um, any, uh, the invite list is TBD. That, that we'll figure out later. Yeah. Um, but it would basically be an all-white situation. Mm-hmm. And we have, like, fun, and this would be on middle Sunday. So, like, the Sunday between the first and second weeks where they don't play any matches at Wimbledon. So, we would have it on middle Sunday. And there would be strawberries and cream. There would be, like, fun, food, whatever. As I said, you have to wear all white. We we would do some, like, tennis trivia or, like, Wimbledon-themed games and just have a fun time, right? That sounds fun. It sounds so, like, the idea is perfect. We just have to figure out. It's it's Wimbledon in New York. That's what it is. Oh, my gosh. Amazing. That's what we should call it. Wimbledon in New York. Yeah. Oh if we gosh. end up going through with this, send us guy send us and tell us your tips about like any ideas you have of how we can make this party even better. New Wimby. I'm still thinking no. about this. Yeah, no, we'll come up we with a good name. We need a title. <laughs> we'll we'll come up with a good name. Oh, we could do pretty invites. Oh so with the cal- cal- <laughs> calligraphy. <laughs> <laughs> and like we could do like purple and green like tail. Oh. I oh, think wow. this could come together We're nicely. just, like, imagining this as we <laughs> record an episode, you know, just casually. As you can see, our attitude towards the grass season is just so much different. Just wait until we approach the U.S. Open, our all-time favorite tournament ever, and then you'll see us going even more, going even more, like, romanticizing the Grand Slams even more. Guys, this is officially a party-planning podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us, and that is Game, Set, and Match for today. If you like this episode, please let us know and stay tuned for more. We'll be providing you all the coverage of the grass season and Wimbledon, and, of course, all the tea on tour. And our Wimbledon party. <laughs> Email us at holdontoyourracket at gmail.com for any questions, and leave a rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Hold On To Your Racket is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Follow us on social media at Hold On To Your Racket on Instagram and at H-O-T-Y-R underscore Tennis Pod on Twitter. Our next episode will be our Wimbledon preview episode and will be released once the draws come out. And remember, my name is Josefina. And my name is Shravya. And if you enjoyed this episode, make sure to hold on to your racket until next time.